Hey guys, it's Anthony with the Love That Neighbor Podcast Network, and I wanted to knock out another quick video. Um, and it's going to be quick uh, because it's not as extensive as it could be, uh, because I'm not going into all the details because I want to get to the point and answer this question. Um, so remember, like, subscribe, share this with someone who wants biblical, sound biblical information. Um, I go through all the source material. So um, it's none of my opinion. I don't uh, add any of my ideas to it. I try to stay uh, in line with the context and just speak what the Bible is saying. That's how I teach uh, at my church. That's how I teach when I come online. And so here's the question. Who are who are the spirits in prison? First uh, Peter chapter three and verse 19. And so uh, the spirits in prison are mentioned in a broader context of suffering righteously. But in first Peter three, 18 through 20 says, for Christ also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Now, some people use this passage to infer what Jesus was doing uh, during the time that uh, his body was in the grave. Now, let's look at this. Uh, we know three things for sure about the spirits mentioned here in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 19, that they they are incorporeal, which means they are they don't have a body. They are not physical beings. They're obviously spiritual beings. beings. They're imprisoned. And we're going to talk about what that means. Um, and I have a whole nother video that really goes into that pretty detail, but I'm going to talk about that. And then uh, their sins, uh, their sin was committed before the flood, right? So they're in the time of Noah. The relationship uh, to Jesus and the nature of his message uh, to them are up to theorizing. So we, we we know everything else, but everything else can be theorizing. And you and there is a lot of theories, a lot of theories on this. Uh, who exactly uh, these, th these spirits are uh, has been the subject of much debate uh, through the years. Here are two of the most common theories. First, the spirits in prison are fallen angels. Uh, and not all fallen angels are in prison. Of course, the New Testament describes fallen angels as daemon. Daemon, a female noun, a demon, i.e. a fallen angel. Um, and this term daemon, you know me, let's go ahead and look at it. Uh, pull it up, 1142 in your Strong's, daemon. Daemon, uh, demon, and evil spirit, demon. And so daemon, the feminine now, demon, evil spirit. Uh, you also have 1139, uh, which is demonized. You have 1140, which is little demon. Uh, this occurs most often in the Texas Repcus uh, than the, the later editions of the critical text. So you see a lot of examples of this demon or daemon. Um, when you look at it, in the Greek authors, this daemon was a god, goddess, or inferior, inferior deity, whether good or bad. And so some, you know, um, worship the daemons, right? 
um, that they had a daemon, that they, you know, uh, uh, were in contact with daemons. But in the New Testament, um, a daemon or a demon is an evil spirit. Um, and these evil spirits, um, they would uh, use their power against men. So demon, evil spirit from Dale to distribute fortunes. They would do things to people and mon supernatural spirits uh, of a bad nature. So they would, they're supernatural spirits that do things to people, <laughs> that distribute fortunes to people. Fortunes just mean outcomes, not in fortunes as in like a fortune cookie or telling a fortune, right? Okay. So let's get back. Um, so uh, New Testament describes fallen angels as daemon, 1142, and gives many examples of demonic activity on the earth that leaves a select group of demons, unlike their fellow demons who are held captive. So we might, uh, what might be a reason for these demons to be in prison? Well, Jude 1.6 gives us uh, a clue that the angels who did not uh, keep their position of authority, but abandon their proper dwelling, these he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the day, on that great day. So some able, a, angels committed some type of sin, some horrible, egregious crime. And Jude 1.6 doesn't give us the details, but the angel's sin was related to how they did not keep their own position, but deserted their proper dwelling. Second Peter 2.4 also speaks of a group of wicked angels bound. Let's see what Second Peter 2.4 says. For if God did not spare the angels when they, when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept unto, until judgment. So very similar to um, what Jude has to say. And some people say they, they got their information from the same source material. Um, uh, that's why it's so similar. Um, but if these spirits in prison are fallen angels, uh, the sin they committed could also be the one in Genesis 6, 1 through 4, uh, which records that the sons of God mating with the daughters of men produced mighty men, men of renown. Um, we could take a look at that. Um, I have a whole teaching on this. Um, we'll just take a peek over here. Um, uh, this is one of the most disputed questions in the Bible, but uh, the difficulty in a great measure disappears if you frankly recognize that you just look at the verses and the verses kind of tell us what's going on according to the legend which it uh, pre uh, preserves it, intermarriages took place between heavenly beings and so here it is sons here applies to supernatural beings and so you see genesis 6 uh, 2 4 job 1 6 job 2 job 38 7 uh, Psalms 29.1 and Psalms 89.7. And so let's take a look at our verse here. That's why I came to that document. So the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took uh, wives uh, of which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with men for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bear children to them, 
the same became a mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now, a lot of people say um, that uh, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and produced giants, but it doesn't actually say that. It says there were giants in the earth in those days. So there were already giants in the earth. These are Nephilim, the term giant. I have a whole study on that one as well. And then after that, so they were there in those days and they were there after this thing happened uh, with the sons of God and the daughters of men, which produced children that became mighty men, uh, which were men of old, men of renown. So this produced men, some kind of mighty or supernatural men, not giants. And, and, and I think that's interesting that everybody I hear talk about this just assumes it produced a Nephilim, but it doesn't say that it produced a Nephilim. It says it produced mighty men, uh, men of old, men of renown. These are heroes, right? Um, so we're going to, let's get back to our original document here. All right. Okay. So um, Genesis 6, which records this, right? And so men of renown, uh, uh, mighty men. So if the sons of God were angels, right? Which we believe they are. Then the sins of Genesis 6 involve angels leaving the place where they belonged in an act of disobedience uh, before the flood. And that corresponds with the apostle, what the apostle mentions here in 1 Peter 3, 19. So if we take this first approach, then we're talking about angels are in prison. And it could be that these angels cohabited with, with, with human women were imprisoned by God to prevent them from repeating the sin, which I believe that the Bible is clear that they're in prison, but it's not clear that Jesus was preaching to them. But if he was preaching to them, um, he's basically proclaiming uh, to these spirits in the Greek word translates proclaim or preach, meaning publicly declare or to herald. Uh, if these spirits are the demons, the fallen angels, and here's the thing, an angel is not fallen until they have sinned. So a lot of people, you know, call them fallen angels because they're sinning, but they're not fallen until they sin. That's when they're fallen, you know, and it's interesting that people like, okay, uh, yeah, it was fallen angels that did this. And they're saying it in the sense that they're assuming that because they did the sin, they were fallen angels, but really it's the sin that makes them fallen. Right. And, and, and that's, that's because of a, a larger understanding that angels had specific jobs in the old Testament. And I don't want to go all the way into that. I just want to focus on this, but angels had broader jobs. And so they were doing things that, um, you know, people would say, oh, well, that's wrong. They just killed these people or they just destroyed this town. That wasn't a fallen angel. That was just an angel. The angel is only fallen once they commit disobedience. That's the fallenness. Okay. And, and, and it seems simple, but I felt like I needed to say that um, just so people would understand what I'm saying. Then Peter says that uh, Jesus went to Teteros and Teteros is another word uh, for hell because hell has compartments. And so Teteros, and you can go look that up or um, I will be doing a video on what does the Bible say about hell, or I can send you my document that I've already done the research on. If you want that document, uh, just shoot me an email, like, subscribe. Yeah, and I can get it to you. But Teteros um, is a place where 
spirits, evil spirits, or the demons, fallen angels are held. And then there is hell where the wicked are held. But Hades also has a place where the righteous are because it's, Hades is just a grave, right? And then hell ultimately is the lake of fire and brimstone. And so I cover all that in a whole nother study and I will be doing a video on that. So he proclaimed his victory to those fallen angels um, who were imprisoned there uh, that they had lost and he had won uh, the cross triumphs over all. And you can see Colossians chapter two and verse 15. But however, this to me just doesn't fit uh, Jesus to depict him as gloating seems inconsistent with his humble service to the kingdom of God. I just can't see Jesus gloating like, oh, we got you. Yeah, yeah, we won. That sounds very, I don't know, that seems like a human interpretation being imposed upon the text. And so the second uh, way that you can look at this passage is if the spirits in prison are human spirits of those who perished uh, in the flood of Noah's day. And so as for the preaching to them, uh, there are three possible interpretations. So the first one, Christ preached to them figuratively, right? In and through Noah while they were in the flesh. So Noah, as he's building the ark, that was kind of the message, right? That's the, you know, a figurative way. Uh, Christ preached to them literally being present with Noah through the Holy Spirit who inspired Noah to, Noah to proclaim the message of coming judgment. I don't know that Noah preached any messages. I know he built the ark, um, but he didn't really preach any messages. So that one may not work either. Uh, Christ preached to them literally um, between his death, resurrection, and, in, and, and ascension. <clears throat> According to each of these interpretations, the spirits are called such because they exist in a spiritual condition. When Peter wrote, they were no longer in the flesh. They lived in Hades slash hell. Um, so if they're wicked, they're in hell, but they're all in the grave. Uh, and this is my choice because of the literary context. And so let's break down the verse, a very simple part of this verse. We're just going to break it down with the key words, right? By whom he went and preached. And so preached 2784, uh, uh, reso, uh, properly to herald, proclaim, to preach, announce a message, uh, publicly with conviction or persuasion. So he preached to them. He preached the message. He wanted them to listen. He wanted to persuade them. Spirits. Now, here's the one that's going to be controversial. This whole video, everything else, you, you may have had a problem with it, but you're really going to have a problem with this one because nobody does their, their research. And so um, this word spirits, uh, pneuma, a human soul that has left the body. And so we see this in Hebrews 12, 23 and 1 Peter uh, 3 19. So let's dive in. Let's take a look just so people don't know I'm not making this up. So 4151 Numa, which is spirit, uh, wind, spirit, breath. Um, this is in the New Testament, usually translated spirit. Uh, only the context determines which spirit because it could be uppercase spirit, which is the spirit of God, or lowercase spirit, which could be the spirit of men or lesser spirits, right? But let's look for our verse and see if there is um, an actual interpretation for our verses. Here it is under letter B for those that look things up in the Strongs, a human spirit that has left the body. Okay. Hebrews 12, 23 and first Peter three nineteen. right? 
and we can look at the interlinear, right? Here it is. Numasins, numasins, spirit, right? Spirits. This is the same word. This is what's there. And uh, this is the word that we see in this particular passage. And it is a human soul that has left the body. Uh, Fulek of the place where captives are kept, prison, uh, a prison or imprisonment. We see that Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23 and First Peter verse, verse uh, 3 and verse 19. As you can see, I told you this would be quick because it really is simple when you break this down. But I just wanted to go through some of the things that uh, people would say. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as you see there, I have a document on what does the Bible say about hell. And so I will be doing a video on that. And if you want that, I can send it to you. I've updated the information. But yes, this was a quick video. Wanted to put it out there. Who are the spirits in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9? The spirits are human souls that have left the body. Jesus is preaching the gospel to them um, so that they can hear it because he's not willing for anyone to perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so send me your questions, send me your comments, send me your concerns. Um, yeah. This was, a, I thought it would be quick, and it, it is very quick. Um, uh, you that are in the chat, if there's some things that you want me to cover or go over or to go back and look at, please um, let me know so I can go and show it to you deeper because we can look at it more. But this is actually pretty simple. Uh, for a long time, I just really didn't know if it was talking about, you know, demons or fallen angels. But I, why would he preach? Why would he preach? to fallen angels they can't be saved and that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother uh conversation that you know angels can't be saved angels don't repent you know uh so many people ask that question but he wouldn't be preaching to angels because that doesn't make sense but preaching to the spirits um who are in prison as he goes through to, to come out to his uh, ascension that was their last opportunity that was their last time to hear the gospel and be saved and so um, give me your thoughts, your comments, um, give me your alternate interpretations of this particular passage, if you like, otherwise like subscribe, uh, support the channel. Remember to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.